Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminal, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. And we're back. Happy Thursday and Merry Christmas Eve. We figured we'd do a little bit of a theme this time. We're going to change it up a bit. We're going to do a murdery Christmas special for you. Cha-ching! <laughs> I can't believe it's already Christmas, by the way. The year went by so fast. And also so slow. Yeah, yeah. This month especially, though, I feel like it was just December 1st. I, yeah, I really feel like I just had Thanksgiving like a week ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how is it already Christmas? Oh my gosh. I hope you guys are doing okay out there and surviving. Yes. COVID-free Christmas. COVID-free Christmas, yes. We made it, guys. We're almost to 2021. Vaccines are here. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. safe. Safe. We are going to go over three different murder stories that happened around the holidays for you to listen to while you snuggle by the fire, <laughs> do some last-minute <laughs> Christmas wrapping, you know, all that good stuff. But as first, as usual, we have a cocktail for you. And Katie made this one up this time. So uh, this week's cocktail is called Santa's Sleigh. And I hope S-L-A-Y. you know. <laughs> A-Y. Yes, exactly. We wouldn't have it any other way. So uh, this little cup of cheer is going to be served in, on a mug because it's going to be a hot drink. You're going to add two ounces of bourbon, more if you're having a rough time, half ounce of honey, half ounce of fresh lemon juice, and then you're going to fill the rest with hot apple cider and just a little sprinkle of cinnamon. Um, Sounds good. Delicious. You can find this recipe on our Instagram, which is Crimes and Cocktails. Follow us on there for all of our recipes, episode information, all that good stuff. And if you want to make our Christmas extra special, you can also visit our Patreon, which is Patreon. Yes, please. Which is patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails. All of our patrons get some extra goodies, access to episodes early, and extra shows. And we actually just added on a new level for our Patreon. We're calling it Lime Squeeze. And so our normally we have our five dollars, our ten dollars, and our twenty dollars. But this one I believe is is it two dollars or three dollars? It's something like that. Two or three dollars. Two dollars. Two dollars. So it's a little lime squeeze. It's basically just you know a little something for you guys to show how much you like us or care, and we'll send you a sticker and stuff to thank you and show your, our appreciation for you. But yeah, so check that out. And also keep an eye on our social media. We're going to be doing a giveaway in the beginning of 2021 to get things started on the right way. It's going to have some awesome stuff for you. So make sure to follow us to so you can get your chance to enter in that. All right. Some free stuff. Some free stuff. Who needs, like, you know, more stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> 
I have like been entering in so many freaking giveaways the past week. It's me too, I'm, and I haven't won a single thing. I know. One of my friends, her boyfriend wins every single time he enters in something. It's ridiculous. Oh like literally everything, everything he ever enters, I'll get ta- he tags me and stuff a bunch, and he always wins. And I'm just like, this is so annoying. Like, how come I can't win something? I just want a prize. I am annoying so many people by tagging them in so many things right now. It's, I'm sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> the struggle's real and I need some free The struggle shit. is real. <laughs> so right. we're going to do things a little bit differently this time. Like we said, we had three different stories for you. So basically, I'm going to let Katie tell the first story, then I'll tell the second story, then Katie will tell the third story. And they're not really stories, they're actual real true crimes. I should probably clarify that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not just closing up around a campfire making up shit. This is actually a night before Christmas. terrible crime that happened. <laughs> yeah. Not a murderer was stirring. God. Oh, God. <laughs> they were. All right. So first we're going to be in, this one's on Christmas Eve in 2008 in Covina, California, which is about 22 miles east of LA, East LA. Um, so <laughs> Joseph and Alice Ortega were having their annual family Christmas Eve party with their five children, James, Charles, Letitia, Alicia, and Sylvia. And then each of their children's families, plus some family friends, there was about 25 people in all, I think. The kids were outside in the pool playing video games and stuff that kids do at holiday parties. And then the, all the adults were in the middle of a Texas Hold'em game when a doorbell, uh, when the doorbell starts ringing and somebody dressed as Santa holding a present busts on in. So Letitia's daughter, Katrina, is eight years old. She sees Santa coming in. She runs over to greet him. Santa! <laughs> Yeah, except for Santa shoots her in the face. Oh my god, I was not expecting that. And then he continues shooting around the room at other people. Uh, So this is happening. Neighbors start calling the police because they're good good neighbors. Um, They are saying, like, we're just hearing this endless amount of shooting. Santa, (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah, seriously, Santa said (laughs) bye-bye. And then... It's awful. All right, so uh, Letitia and her husband grabbed their daughter, Katrina, the one who had been shot, and they managed to get out of the house. Guests are running all over the place trying to get out. Oh, my God. It's chaos. This girl jumps from the second-story window to try to escape. She does escape. She breaks her ankle, though. And then Santa, he came in with a present. He unwraps his present. Can you guess what's inside that present, Tabitha? Is this like a Nightmare for Christmas kind of thing? <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's a nightmare, that's for sure. And it's before Christmas, so. <laughs> <laughs> What's in it? A homemade flamethrower. Oh my god, not at all yeah. what I was expecting. Yeah, so Santa, like, unloads, like, 18 gallons of gasoline from this flamethrower all over the house. And he, uh, there was a exposed um flame somewhere in the house so probably like you know on the stove or something like that so the house explodes pretty much so now another neighbor calls the police because she could smell smoke and she tells the police that they need to come like right now because as if the gunshots weren't enough (laughs) the house is on fire now uh by the time police show up the house is in flames it's like 40 to 50 feet in the air and it takes 80 firefighters to put it out 
And after... I'm surprised they even have 80 firefighters. I know, right? They probably were calling for multiple different We can't areas. even get, like, 80 firefighters here when we had wildfires going on. For a house, 80 firefighters. Um, so then they discover that nine people were murdered, and those include the homeowners, Alice and Joseph Ortega, and then their children, Sylvia, James, Charles, and Alicia, and then daughters-in-law, Sherry and Teresa, and their grandson, Michael. And Michael was Alicia's son, and he was only 17 at the time, um, and he was the youngest one who was murdered. Um, so all their children, except for um, Letitia, who took away the little girl, were murdered. And then 13 of their grandchildren were left orphaned because of this. What the um, fuck? Yeah. <laughs> So now everybody's wondering what the hell happened. Police are told by a neighbor that Letitia and her family had escaped and are at the hospital. Um, And then they also tell police that they saw a strange car leaving the neighborhood after the shootings. Was it a sleigh? (laughs) Oh, God. Like, it was weird. It was pulled by reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the police put an APB out on the car. And then they go talk to Letitia and her family. She tells them that it was Santa Claus who had come to town. (laughs) Oh, he (laughs) came to town all right. Yeah, came to town and went to town. Um, I just, on a side note... Think of the Santa Claus movie. And <laughs> they're like total tank and Santa. It's <laughs> coming around the corner to Santa. tank. <laughs> yeah. Santa on his panzer. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I know who's been naughty this year. <laughs> yeah. So while the police are talking to her at the hospital. Cops over in Silmar, which is a nearby town, are called. And a guy named Brad Pardo just came home from a Christmas party. Um, and found that his brother was dead in a pool of blood. So please show up. <laughs> and they noticed that the car out front matched the one that has the APB out on it. So Brad's brother is named Bruce. And up until December 18th, which is just six days before the massacre, Sylvia Ortega had been married to Bruce. So Sylvia Ortega had just been killed in this awful massacre. And then her husband, or ex-husband, winds up dead on the same night. Which... Shady. So, uh... So, remind me, who is Sylvia Ortega again? Is that the... She's the daughter of the homeowners where the Christmas party was. okay, okay. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and she was one of the ones who was murdered in the house. There's a lot going on. Yes. (laughs) So a lot of people dead in a lot of different areas. And, uh... And Bruce was found in the pool dead? He was found in a pool of blood. He wasn't in a pool. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pool of blood. Different. Pool of blood. <laughs> Different pool. I was thinking like a Bojack Horseman scene or something there. I don't know. No, no. no. And he was found at the house of his brother Brad, ah, which was okay, okay. which was in a nearby town. I see. So um, the police discover that Bruce had been the one who dressed up as Santa and went to the Ortega family home. Um, he knew everybody was going to be there that night, and he wanted to kill them because he was pissed that Sylvia had divorced him. Um. So, you know, he showed up, shot a little girl in the face because he was bitter. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Police figured out that he had planned to flee to Canada, but he he took his own life instead because of the Santa suit had, like, burned onto his legs, and he had bad burns on his hands and arms. He wasn't expecting the house to actually blow up with his homemade flamethrower. Oh, really? Yeah. So instead of running away, he just killed himself instead. He didn't have that flame retardant stuff like the Santa Claus. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what if I do if I fall off a roof? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that scene because they just have like a, a mannequin in like a giant fireplace and it's all <laughs> like flames. It's yeah. like, dude, Santa would be dead still. <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, the Santa did <laughs> definitely die. So his car rental was also filled with more ammunition and then the rest of the Santa suit was in there. Oh um, he also had a getaway car parked in front of Sylvia's divorce lawyer's house. So police think that he had planned to go there afterwards and kill the lawyer as well. But because of his injuries, he just went to his brother's house and killed himself instead. Good grief. So that's the Covina massacre. Um, um, Santa's, well, <laughs> Santa's sleigh. Did you guys <laughs> sip your apple cider? <laughs> God. This one, like, I'm... I'm like laughing because the scenario is so crazy. Like Santa just busts down the door and he has like a present with him. Like this fucker really the wrapped. Props. The he props wrapped, are what's right? the worst about it. <laughs> he wrapped up a present that was a flamethrower and then unwrapped it himself. It was all Merry Christmas to me. And then like continues killing all these people. Oh my God. <laughs> and all for like what? Because he's got his panties in a bunch over divorce. Yeah. Like, so oh she, she ended the reason why I read that she divorced him was because he had a child from another marriage that he never told her about. So he was like obviously lying to her throughout their entire relationship. So she divorced him. And then he's all, oh, I'm bad because she divorced me because I lied to her. So, yep, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The little girl survived. She's fine, um, by the way. The one that got shot in the face. That's good. Um, yeah. Okay, so that was fun. <laughs> now now sure. we're going to move to uh, Dayton, Ohio, in the years 1992. 19-year-old Marvelous Keen, and yes, that is actually his name, Marvelous, and his 16-year-old girlfriend, Laura Taylor, formed a plan to make a quick buck. Marvelous, such a name. <laughs> not Marvelous, I can tell already. That was not so Marvelous. <laughs> Let's just say that. It was not so marvelous. Um, just don't name your kids things like that because they're never going to live up to your expectations. Sorry. No, I mean, I couldn't if I was named Marvelous. I'm, I'm no. not very Marvelous, I'll be honest. <laughs> I can't do it. Nope. Marvelous, Marvelous. What a name. I really want to know, like, why his parents named him that, actually. Like, is that a common name I don't know about? I don't think it's common. Maybe they should have just, hopefully he was called Marv. Unless it's, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe it's like Marvelou. Maybe it's French. It could be. It's spelled like Marvelous, though, but like a weird Marvelous. I don't oh, know. It's the, I'm going to say Marvelous. Yeah, Marvelous. I would say that, too. <laughs> marvelous. Anyways, he'd always been a pretty decent, good, normal child and a good student in school. However, his brother was shot during a robbery the year before this happened in 1991. And as murders in the family usually do, it's had a pretty profound effect on him. So he moved to California to live with his dad for a while, um, but ended up returning back to Ohio in August of 1992 after some money issues. We so, all got those money issues. Got money issues. It's expensive to live in California. I mean, sometimes I never think I'll leave. I don't want to leave California. I like California a lot. I'm a Californian all the way through, but... 
there are times where I think about that mansion <laughs> I could own in Arizona or Texas or whatever compared to the tiny little studio apartment I could afford here. So Yeah, I've looked at houses like where my brothers live in Indiana, and it's so cheap. And I'm like, yeah. I could own a home for what I'm paying, like less than what I'm paying in rent in like stinky old Sacramento. And I'm just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> What am I doing here? What am I doing here? What are these here? choices? I know. Not to mention we're not allowed to do shit right now in California. <laughs> right? If I pay this much it's... money, I better be able to leave my house. I, well, I guess I'm paying so much for it, they're all like, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, but you can't even make the money to do that. I know, so. it's true. <laughs> Let me get on my soapbox here real quick. No, <laughs> Get it together, California. A fucking measly $600 stimulus, my ass. My friend sent me a meme today, and it said, oh, here's your $600 stimulus. You could pick a prize from the bottom shelf. And it was like a Chuck E. Cheese game show. (laughs) You have to buy a thousand stimulus. $600 stimulus doesn't even cover the damn dinner that Gavin Newsom had at French Laundry. Yeah, fuck you, Newsom. (laughs) Fuck yeah. you and your Hunger Games shit. Seriously, though. No. That doesn't even cover, like, half my rent. What are you doing? Uh, all right. It doesn't. Anyways. Let's go back to Ohio. Yay, California. Don't move here. I promise you're going to hate it. You will not become an actor or actress. You'll get an OnlyFans and cry about how expensive your rent is. I can promise you. Oh, it's man. the most true statement I've <laughs> ever heard. <laughs> oh, God. I got 50,000 followers from TikTok, but I'm still homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a box influencer. <laughs> Cardboard box. box <laughs> oh, God. These are all the different ways that you can really live in an eco-friendly environment. I know, that's why people are all... In LA. That's why... Thr- with my matcha. <laughs> that's why thrifting is so cool now, because it's all we can afford. Yeah. Dude, oh, I was, like, trying to figure out what to make my family for Christmas, and yes, make, because I could not <laughs> afford to buy them shit. And I was like, maybe I could learn how to crochet some beanies real quick. Yeah, about 20 minutes on YouTube, I was like, fuck this shit. I ain't doing this. I'll order my Uber Eats and be done. <laughs> I'm so depressed. Let me spend 50 bucks on Starbucks. <laughs> Sushi for one. Yes. <laughs> so California. Oh my God. That's too real. It's too real. We're really <laughs> sad, <No>. guys. <laughs> I really didn't... Uber eats sushi this week. <laughs> Maybe later though. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, where the what where the hell was I? Marvelous is good. Marvelous. He moves back to August in 1919. <laughs> Fuck you, Newsome. Anyways, uh, after some money issues, so he lives with he moves back with his mom, and he lives with her for about three months, and then he moves into a flop house, which is basically. A very cheap temporary room housing. It's kind of like a motel, but it's for like low income people. Doesn't sound bad. No, just kidding. It, it's not great. It's uh, you're definitely gonna get bed bugs living there. You don't want to be there. Yeah, you don't want to be there. I imagine the stress of money and the anger of his brother being murdered were triggers for this. I can relate. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> your brothers have all been murdered. <laughs> 
not that, but no, no, no. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Would make some people do some crazy shit. So I'm about to storm the Capitol. I'm just kidding. Give my freaking bow and arrows, man. Uh, anyways, marvelous and his. I cannot say that name, marvelous. Seriously, like, really. Anyways, his him and his girlfriend. So, um, he had his girlfriend Taylor call someone that he met. I am assuming this is someone he probably met through the flop house or something like that. It was an acquaintance of his. His name was Joseph Wilkerson. He was thirty four years old, and he had Taylor call him and kind of talk him into paying for an orgy on Christmas Eve. What? Because that's what you do, right? <laughs> or you at the flop house? A little mistletoe and a ho ho ho. Oh my god! <laughs> Here a ho, there a ho, everywhere a ho ho. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, so yeah, they talk him into it. Joseph's like, that sounds pretty good to me. And they also rope in seventeen-year-old Demarcus Smith and his twenty-year-old girlfriend Heather Matthews, who had just been released from prison a few months before which Heather. just all bad news Heather. Heather you're 20 and you're dating a 17 year old you just got out of prison and you're gonna go to a Christmas Eve orgy what happened to you what happened to you Heather oh Heather <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but they all got some problems uh, when they arrive to Joseph's house for the orgy they tie him to his bed with electrical cords cause that's great and they rob him uh, so after they're like totally just taking shit out of it, like, you know, ransacking his place while he's tied up there thinking he's going to get lucky, but he's not. And Marvelous decides for the hell of it to shoot him in the heart. He takes the, his gun that he had. I don't really know where he got this gun from, but he shoots him in the heart. It's later said on trial that Taylor, his girlfriend, took the gun after her boyfriend shot him and she put it to his head and shot him a second time. Uh, so this escalated quickly. Uh, they walk away with a microwave, a small TV, a phone, and not a cell phone, guys. This is 92. This it's is like a, a wall phone. <laughs> wall phone. Yeah, a curling iron, a bl- and also a small TV is not a flat screen. Like... I don't know if you guys remember that thing the was box chunky. TVs. They're fucking heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember my first apartment when someone gave Sonny's dad gave me like a TV and it was this like monstrous TV, like sick with a big old TV. It was like a fifty-five inch TV, but not a flat screen, guys. This was like two thousand nine. Getting it up the fucking it was stairs. Like a, oh or not two thousand. It was like two thousand eleven, but it was massive. I love that The thing was on wheels. I lived on the second floor. It was terrible. But so much better than the tiny little 19 inch I used to have. It was on a chair. (laughs) (laughs) A strug. A chair in the living room. My my heaterless apartment. With your cold water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know I had no water. Man. It's a lie. Really not gone up, have I? You have hot water now. <laughs> I have hot water now. Sometimes, the the water heater in this apartment is shared with like four other units. Oh so sometimes, like when I get home from the gym, there's no hot water for like two hours, and I'm like, seriously, what am I paying you for? So after robbing and murdering Joseph, uh, they were driving around in. Oh, they took his car too, by the way. So they took. 
the curling iron blow dryer and they took Joseph's car. Okay, I was going to kill him. They killed him for a blow dryer. Car makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Rough times, rough times. Yeah, so they they take his car and they're driving around and cruising and they see this person, 18-year-old, mother of a two-year-old, so Danita... Golette, I believe her name, her last name is pronounced. She's an 18-year-old mother. She's making a phone call at a payphone, which is, in case you kids don't know what a payphone is, it's a box that they used to keep phones in, and you would put coins in there, and you would call people with it. Isn't that interesting? Got a quarter? (laughs) Got a quarter? Got a quarter? I actually think there's only one payphone left in the county I live in right now. Of course. There's a lot of payphone booths but no phones in them yeah makes sense super rare to find those but she was making a phone call in the payphone booth and they pull up and marvelous points a gun at her through the glass and he says merry christmas bitch (laughs) and they rob her she's begging for her life and these guys take her coat and her fila sneakers that's it that's all they took then marvelous shoots the gun nine times in the photo booth killing her she only had 50 cents in her pocket. It's I'm, absolutely terrible. I feel like the ammunition for the gun is worth more than her shoes and her coat. <laughs> I don't even know where he got all this stuff from. He's having so much money problems. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So after they cruise around, they go back to Joseph's place because they're like, cool, now we have a free place for the night. But only after stopping by the flop house to try and kill Heather's ex-boyfriend. They shoot Jeffrey Wright four times in the leg he was able to escape he like ran off to the neighbor's house and he survived uh so they failed with that one they go back to joseph's house stay for the night the next day on christmas day 16 year old taylor coaxes her ex-boyfriend richmond maddox who's 19 years old from his parents house and she says like come on let's go let's go for a ride let's let's go for a christmas ride so they get in maddox's car and they drive off the rest of her gang crew is in a car trailing behind her boy, ex-boyfriend, Maddox, uh, Richmond ex- Maddox. He eventually sees the car trailing them. And he gets kind of suspicious. And at this point, he's like, okay, what the heck's going on? So he guns the accelerator and Taylor puts a gun in his right temple and fires. So then after she fires, Taylor bails out of the car before it crashes. She like uh, thinks she's Tom Cruise. I know. <laughs> Seriously. And just like, what was the point of that? Like, what was her game plan? Maybe he broke like, up with her and even... she's mad. I, I don't know. But it was her ex. She was with the new guy. Marvelous. And... Was he not marvelous in the sack or what? I don't know. But yeah, she shoots him. And they, as I can tell, they did not steal anything oh from him. God. It was just to do it. They just did it. It was just yeah. to do it for the fun. Which all these murders are literally just to do for the hell yeah. of it. None of them are really like for a reason. There's, they're not, they're obviously not getting like a shit ton of money from these murders. They're not even getting like, I don't know, they're not getting anything from these murders except joy. Yeah. These are just joy killings. So the day after Christmas, they decide to rob a mini mart. So Taylor goes in first to kind of like check it out. No one's in there. The rest of the crew comes in and they shoot and kill the woman working at the counter, 38-year-old Sarah Abram, after she handed them everything that was in the till, which was a total of $44. And yeah, bam, shoot her. Then they decide, the gang is like, okay, remember when I tried to shoot Heather's ex-boyfriend two days ago? 
yeah, there was like two people that I think may have seen that. So they decide, first they switch the license plates on their cars. They're all stolen because they're trying to cover their tracks a little bit. And they go back to the flop house and pick up 19-year-old Marvin Washington and 16-year-old Wendy Cottrell because they're like pretty sure that they had witnessed the attempted assassination, basically, of, of Matthews the ex or whatever and so they they like kind of coax him into the car to hang out and they end up driving him to a gravel pit nearby where marvelous shoots him and of course they gotta take something so they take Catrell's shoes as their winning prize i guess <laughs> All consolation <these> prize. <laughs> i don't know what are you gonna do with that so this probably would have continued but police sergeant john heber happened to spot one of the cars that they were driving. It was a black Dodge Shadow, and it had been reported carjacked the day before. So they pull. he pulls over the car thinking he's just going to be arresting car thieves, but he finds several guns in the car and is like, holy shit, what's going on here? He was pretty surprised because they were like immediately, okay, yeah, here we go, the gig is up, and they put their hands up and everything like that. At this point, the Dayton police hadn't even realized that all these murders had even happened, so much were even linked because they hadn't even found like the bodies of like the two that they left in the gravel pit. They hadn't found those bodies yet. And I don't think they had found um, the first victim, Joseph's body yet. So they were not really aware that this killing spree was even happening at this time. Um, and But it's a really small, quiet, slow town where nothing like this ever happened. So eventually they do put this all together. Yeah. Figure this all out. The Dayton Four were charged with multiple felonies, including capital murder. And the two juveniles, which was Smith and Taylor, they were immune from capital punishment, but still served a lot of time and such. Mm -hmm. Matthews ended up cutting a deal and testifying after prosecutors agreed not to seek her execution. But Marvelous... um, he was executed. So on July 21st of 2009, Marvelous Keen was executed by lethal injection. When they asked him if he had any final words, he said, I have no words. And that is that. Every police oh officer God. for that case is basically like, there was no point to these murders. No, like, rational thinking. It was just for fun. They were all, like, under tw- 20 and under. That's insane. Yeah. They were so young. Yeah. And just to do that for fun. I know. It's super terrible. All right. Well, now we're going to our last one. Now we're going back to uh, 1929, so back in the past some more. Um, Char- Charlie Lawson was 43, and his wife, Fanny Manring Lawson, was 37. They'd been married for years, and they shared eight children, seven who were alive by 1929. They had a son, William, who had died nine years prior. Um, but their children were Marie, 17, Arthur, who was 16, Carrie was 12, Lucinda Maybell, who they called Maybell, was 7, uh, James was 4, Raymond was 2, and Mary Lou was 4 months old. The family were sharecroppers for years, and which basically means they were farming land that they didn't own so that they could use a portion of the money to buy their own farm, which they eventually did. Um, in 1927. So they had their own tobacco farm near Germantown, North Carolina, which was on, and their farm was on Brook Cove Road. So Christmas Day, 1929, Charlie Lawson told his son Arthur that he was allowed to walk with his friend to a nearby town, 
which was called Walnut Cove, to get ammunition for rabbit hunting. This Meanwhile, is like so, oh brother, art thou, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I'm a man. Yeah. 1929. <laughs> 1929 tobacco, tobacco farm. Tobacco farms in North Carolina. <laughs> Gotta get me some rabbit ammunition. <laughs> it's rabbit season. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rabbit season. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carrie and Maybell are preparing to walk to their aunt and uncle's house who live close by. They wanted to wish them a Merry Christmas um, and then see their cousins. Marie was inside the house baking a cake to later bring over to their aunt and uncle's. And then James and Raymond were inside the Lawson cabin probably playing and then mary lou was in her cradle and fanny was on the front porch fanny <laughs> fanny i know such a name what a what a fanny on that fanny <laughs> okay <laughs> you know i didn't know for the longest time what fanny meant in like great britain yeah because you know you when you grow yeah. up you're like oh fanny is just butt like it's just like yeah. a i don't know a silly name for a butt in america yeah, like you tell your kid, like, sit on your fanny. I mean, like, I don't think my mom yeah. ever said that, but I feel like my grandma might have <laughs> said fanny once or twice or whatever. Yeah, I don't think my mom did either because she's not in 1850. Then I found out in that vagina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not here. <laughs> no. Anyway, so after Arthur left to go get the ammunition, Charlie went into the tobacco barn. And was waiting for Carrie and Maybell to walk by on their way to the aunt and uncle's. And when they did, he shot both of them with a 12-gauge shotgun. So this is their father, just lying in wait for them, shoots them. And then he bludgeons them to make sure that they're actually dead and drags them into the tobacco barn. He crosses their arms over their chests and props both of their heads up with large rocks. And then goes up to the house. He shoots Fanny. She falls there on the porch. He goes into the kitchen. He shoots Marie. And then um, he goes and finds James and Raymond. From where they were found, it looked like they were trying to hide after hearing the shots. Um, you know, little boys, and they just probably hear their sister scream or their mom scream or something. And then um, next, Charlie goes over to the baby's room and bludgeons her to death. So he uh, then went back to everybody and places pillows beneath all of their heads and then crosses their arms over their chests. My gosh. Yeah. So he's killed everybody in his family except for Arthur. He takes off to the woods and then the bodies are discovered later that day because his family members are arriving to the tobacco farm to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and they see everybody there and Charlie's gone. So the police are called, Arthur's brought back home, and Charlie's off in the woods, pacing around. He's writing letters to his parents, and then he shoots himself, and all the police can hear the shot because he's not too far off into the woods, and then he has scraps of paper on him that read, like, that read, nobody to blame and trouble can cause, and then it just trails off. Um... And then he's, he left no indication of why he had killed his family or why he had allowed Arthur to survive. But they think he let Arthur leave because he figured that Arthur would actually try to, like, stop him from killing the others because he was 16 and knew how to use a gun and the other ones were defenseless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so during the autopsies, um, it was discovered that Charlie had a smaller than average brain and the center of it was underdeveloped. So, and then he had been going to the doctor before the murders, complaining of headaches and insomnia, and he had also had a recent head injury. 
So one theory is that the head injury combined with the underdeveloped brain were the cause of the murder. Um, but then some families and friends said that he had killed the rest of his family because people had found out that he was having an incestuous relationship with Marie, oh his daughter, and that he had gotten her pregnant. However, there's not an autopsy report that proves this, but it's just strange that his other family said that this was true. But um, that could be because... After the murders, Charlie's younger brother, Marion, opened the house for visitors, and he's charging them admission. The fuck? Some, yeah, it's like some sideshow. So there's blood still stained on the floors. Like, they don't clean any of that up. They just rope it off or whatever. And then the cake Marie was making, they just put underneath a glass so that it could be preserved. Because guests were taking raisins out of the cake to keep as, like, souvenirs. Oh <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that people? Yeah, and this is his family who's doing that. So the public's obviously pissed off that Marion's doing this. And he's like, oh, well, the money's going for burial costs and for Arthur, the son that survived. But I couldn't find anything if that was true or not. So I think Marion was just trying to make a quick buck. Um, <laughs> such a dick. Um, and then Arthur, um, he moved on. He actually moved out of the state and then got married. But then in in, uh, when he was 36, he got in a car accident and died instantly. So he left behind a wife and four children. So all of the original Lawson family um, died. Jeez. Yeah. So they, you know. And this happened all on Christmas Day, you said, right? All on Christmas Day, 1929. Yeah. Raisins. How do they know the raisins. raisins and not rat poop in there? I know. It's just like the middle of the think, field, country town, North Carolina. I think it's because um, his brother started opening it up to the public, like, pretty much right when the bodies were out of there. So <laughs> there was no chance for mouse poop, I guess. I don't know. But, um, yeah, Charlie never left a note saying why he did it. Um, I think it was his niece who she wrote a book, and she was the one who was kind of saying that it was because Marie was pregnant with his his child um which is obviously disgusting well that is a holly jolly christmas so fill in holly and jolly now (laughs) beware santa if he knocks on your door don't trust your husbands or your wives don't make phone calls at pay phones and don't try to have orgies on christmas eve that's what we've learned today Good Don't grief. trust anybody. It's a terrible world we live in, guys. A terrible world. On Christmas. On Christmas. <laughs> On Christmas. Oh, God. All right. Well, our sources were Oxygen, LA Times, Huffington Post, Pasadena News, StrangeCarolinas.com, HistoricHorrors.com, Charlotte Observer, Charlotte News, Daily News, and Dayton Daily News. Dayton Daily News. I know. Dayton Daily So we just want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. We're actually going to take a week off. We're going to skip our New Year's recording. And we're going to come back in 2021. If you haven't watched it, you should. But Netflix came out with a mini docu-series on the Yorkshire Ripper. We, as If you remember, we mentioned that he passed away from COVID actually about a month ago. Um, He was a serial killer in Great Britain that murdered and brutalized several women. Uh, It was a terrible incident that happened. Um, But we're going to go ahead and do about 
two or three episodes on him in the beginning of the year. And like we said, we're also going to have a giveaway coming up. We're going to be giving away a couple prizes. So be sure to follow us on Instagram if you're not already, because that's where the giveaway will happen. Um, we thank you for listening to us so far. We're so happy that we have, you know, 200 friends on Instagram. And mm-hmm. I think we have about 100 listeners it's pretty awesome, pretty incredible. You've been putting up with us, so. All right, guys, we'll have a good Christmas, a happy new year. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys in 2021 and uh, open up with a a rip. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a bang. my God. <laughs> oh, God. And on that note, I'm going to leave you guys a little DMX. You know that's Happy Christmas, guys. Have a good night. The most famous reindeer of all. Come on!